Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, but as I've done before, sometimes it's best to have the guests introduce themselves, so we do that now. This is Dr. Missy Price, Vice President of Education and Development for U.S. Club Soccer. I was thrilled to be part of this year's ECNL Coaching Symposium in Las Vegas, and I'm settling into my new role with U.S. Club Soccer. Join Dean Linky and me on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, as I reflect on my first few months on the job with U.S. Club Soccer and look to the future including our long-standing relationship with the ECNL. And we do that next after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country with a robust competition platform for teams educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, where we're so pleased to be joined by Dr. Missy Price, the Vice President of Education and Development for U.S. Club Soccer. Now four months into her job, just about. And Dr. Mr. Price, always good to see you. How are you? I am excellent, Dean. Always good to see you, too. Well, and it was good to see you in Las Vegas at the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM. First, let's go back to that time you presented. What do you remember about your experience at the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM? I mean, it was one of my first moments on the job. So uh, I pretty much went there and took it all in. And uh, that was actually my first time attending an ECNL symposium. You know, I'd mostly been a, a college coach my whole career. So it wasn't something that I went to as an attendee. Um, and this time I was there as a member of U.S. Club Soccer, but also a presenter. So it was really great to interact with the coaches, be able to share some things that they could take back with their teams um, and hopefully make their environments uh, better in whatever way that means for them. And then I think, too, to really uh, just get a chance to get to know my new U.S. club colleagues, which was awesome. Yeah, they've been on the show already. We've had Mike Cullen on. We've had Vince Gansberg on. And now we're excited to have you on this week's show. Do you remember what your presentation was called? Because I think you were a one-person presentation. Am I right on that? Yeah, what I was trying to do was give coaches some ways to help their athletes improve concentration and focus. Now you've had a great path. You were a successful college coach. You were involved with United soccer coaches. You started with USL and then this opportunity opened up. And it, I remember you telling me at the ECNL coaching symposium was one that you couldn't walk away from. What was so intriguing about becoming the vice president of education and development for us club soccer, Dr. Price. Well, Dean, I mean, you and I know have known each other for a long time. So 
I think you would probably agree in that I'm an educator at heart. I'm a coach at heart. And one of the things that really intrigued me about this role is that U.S. clubs making an investment in their education and development platform. And so them being able to provide resources and whatever field that is, whether it's for players, coaches, parents, the clubs themselves to help them develop and create environments that put the player first and their experience first. And that's what this department is all about. And that's what I'm all about. And I think this way for me, being able to join US club was like really true to who I am as far as the impact that I would hope to make on the sport and also um, what I love to do on the day-to-day. So I get to work with coaches. I get to work um, with my colleagues across the country. Um, I get to work directly with clubs. I get to work with uh, partners or other people in the space, all with the idea of creating um, safe and competitive environments for our young people to develop holistically, Um, not just their soccer skills and talents, but who they are as people. That's a good reason to join U.S. Club Soccer. Spot on as we're joined by Dr. Missy Price on this week's Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Before we dive deeper into your overall journey and, in fact, the nitty-gritty of what you are doing every day, one of the things I did say is the ECNL Coaching Symposium is, quote, powered by U.S. Club Soccer. They are always there, and I think they're going to continue to be there. So just big picture, knowing that U.S. Club Soccer likes to put their name on that big event for the ECNL. Why is that so important, do you think, to U.S. club soccer? You know, I think as far as that partnership or that connection, it really is about the ECNL's investment in the future of the game, their their investment in developing the players and their coaches, um, our commitment to wanting to make sure that we can make the largest impact that we can across our membership. Um, And so there is that ECNL piece of our membership that is very important to us just as much as all of the other memberships that we have or the leagues or other things that we run. And so I think um, for us, it's really saying, hey, we can do this together. And we want to make sure that we support not only our ECNL partnership, but support all of the membership that registers and participates through U.S. Club Soccer. We're here with Dr. Missy Price, the Vice President of Education and Development for U.S. Club Soccer. She is our featured and only guest on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. When we return, we will ask her about her journey and then stay with us for the last segment when we talk about the nitty gritty of her day-to-day job as, again, the VP of Education and Development for U.S. Club Soccer. We'll be back with more Dr. Missy Price. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Huddle is a proud partner of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Huddle's powerful yet intuitive solutions make it easy for coaches and athletes to be at their best. And now it's more affordable than ever. All ECNL clubs can get 25% off on Huddle and Huddle Assist, the game breakdown solution. Clubs of 10 teams or more can take advantage of the exclusive ECNL club package pricing. This bundle includes Huddle and Huddle Assist for every team and makes your club eligible for Huddle Focus Flex 
Packs, the all-new portable smart camera with full huddle integration at one affordable price. You can bring the best end-to-end performance analysis platform for soccer today. Just go to huddle.com slash pricing slash ECNL. That's huddle, H-U-D-L dot com slash pricing slash ECNL. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Our special guest today, Dr. Missy Price, the Vice President of Education and Development for U.S. Club Soccer. Dr. Missy Price, I've known you long enough to know that you've had a fascinating career, a career filled with academia, a career filled with great coaching, but I'm not sure everybody knows your story. So I want to use this segment to get to know you a little bit better. And I don't want you to be shy or humble. You know, tell us where you grew up, tell us where you went to college, tell us how you broke into coaching, and then walk us through those steps and and take your time doing it, Dr. Price. All right. I guess the simplest place to start is I grew up in eastern Pennsylvania, uh, Bucks County, north of Philadelphia. Uh, And back when I was a player, um, you played for your club team, obviously, but then you had teams like your select team, which was kind of like bunch of club teams and the sort of the best players or, or the best players who wanted to play at that level um, coming to that. And so you would try out for that. And then from that next level, you played for your state team and then you would make a regional ODP team um, if you kept getting selected and then be identified into the national team. And, and that platform of ODP still exists today, but there's many different ways now to make it to the next level or the highest level. Um, So I grew up as part of Eastern Pennsylvania Youth Soccer Association. I played for that state. I played for Region 1 ODP. Um, And I I would say that, Dean, is where sort of my love and passion for the game and those experiences, because not only was I connecting with, you know, the people in my own state on my state team, but I started to get to know players and coaches from all up and down the sort of that Eastern Mid-Atlantic seaboard. So for me, I got to meet the way I got to meet people and learn the way that they play the game, learn the way that they teach the game. Everybody had different styles and, and that's just the soccer part. And then you talk about who they are as people and all the different experiences culturally in their communities. And I loved that. I loved meeting new people. I loved learning new ideas. I loved the the sort of the travel that came with that and seeing new places. And I think that really, kind of embedded this, not only love for the game, but love for the uh, experience of being part of the game. I, I look at it as the game gave back to me all of those things. And I just showed up and played and worked hard and tried to be the best teammate that I could. And I got a lot out of it. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I ended up then going to the University of Maryland. My college coach was April Heinrichs, um, who at the time was finishing her national team career. So talk about that. I mean, we had a national team captain as our coach. That was so cool. <laughs> and then uh, Jill Ellis actually became one of my assistant coaches. And, and you know, both April and Jill have, have gone on to become our national team coaches. And 
that's my coaching pedigree. Um, and not just them, but all the other coaches that I got to interact with. And uh, for me, I had a lot, a lot of strong women coaches as well as men or men who supported women in coaching. And so my coaching career then has always kind of walked this path of advocating and supporting women in coaching, um, creating opportunities, uh, helping uh, organizations recruit, retain, and develop women coaches. It's become a passion of mine. But after my time at the University of Maryland, I then went straight into coaching. And mostly because I would say of one person, um, and her name is Charlotte Moran. And Charlotte was our administrator at Eastern Pennsylvania Youth Soccer Association. Every summer, as I got older and older, Charlotte just kind of gave me things to do. She was like, you're going to go to regional camp with the U14s and be their, one of their chaperones. And I think I was like, you know, 19 or 20. <laughs> we need someone to run uh, an Eastern Pennsylvania camp. And it's in, in your area and uh, where I lived. And uh, I need you to show up at this uh, place on the weekend and get your D license. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, well, you just did whatever Charlotte told you to do. You didn't really say no. Um, she had this way of identifying your strengths in you, even if you, you, know, you didn't know them yet and encouraging you to uh, just step outside your comfort zone or encouraging you to just take a leap of faith in something or just telling you, hey, you're gonna do this. And when Charlotte said, you're gonna do this, you knew that you could do it, even though you felt like you couldn't do it. So she had this way of, of that about her. And I think that's where it started, Dean. And so I ended up with my D license while I was still a college player. And when I graduated the University of Maryland, April Heinrichs, who was my head coach, was now the head coach at the University of Virginia. And I wanted to pursue a, a master's degree in, in sports psychology. And that was one of the programs I was looking at. So I ended up actually working with April as an assistant coach at UVA. And uh, got to interact with another tremendous group of players. I mean, some names that people probably would know as far as national teamers. Lori Lindsay was on the team. Angela Hughes was on the team. So really great players and, and great people. And, and a lot of other people that didn't make the national team level. And some people that I grew up playing with who were maybe a year or two younger than me. So learning to be a coach and actually coaching people who I might have played on a team with at some point was, was really an interesting challenge and, and fun to navigate. Then after that, it, I won't go through every single detail like I did there, but that's how I kind of got into coaching. From there, I, I went on to coach at the University of Illinois, the University of Miami, took another little break in my college coaching uh, career to get a PhD in sports psychology, which was back at the University of Virginia. And then when I I uh, was in the middle of that. I thought, oh, I'm going to be a professor and then I'll coach as my second job. And I realized, you know what? I miss it. I miss coaching. I love it. I think I want to be a coach again and, and then see where that goes. And so then I ended up being an assistant coach at the University of Nevada, later became the head coach there. And those were all my, my division one schools that I worked at. And as I got deeper into my coaching career and, and really looked at what I value and the experience that I wanted as a coach, Dean, I really, and, I, and this is the part that you know about me that, that other people don't, is that I, I'm a coach, but I'm also this very uh, servant-driven leader to the community of coaches. And so I actually ended up shifting my role from being the head coach at the University of Nevada to the head coach at Wellesley College, which is a Division three school um, outside of Boston. And part of that was because I got to then divide my time differently than I could as a Division one coach. And I took on a role on, on the board of directors for United Soccer Coaches. 
I later became president of that organization. I also was able to do a lot with an organization called We Coach that supports women in coaching of all sports and all levels. Um, I had time and, and energy and all of those roles helped kind of even support my role at Wellesley College, where I was both a coach and an instructor, a, a professor. So that was my coaching journey. And that was from the time I was about 20 uh, till my mid 40s. <laughs> so it was about 25 years, Dean. And then I ended up uh, leaving college coaching uh, in order to take a job at the USL uh, with Amanda Vandervoort and the USL team in order to help launch their entire women's pathway um, from youth to pro and really get things going. And, and that is uh, recently I've seen the news come out perhaps about the Super League Division One professional um, league that's in the works that is part of the USL. And, and, and my role there was to help with that. And then the other league that currently plays right now during the summer is called the W League. And I helped um, relaunch the W League in my time there as well. So that's kind of where I transitioned. And that was an incredible experience. And then the job at US Club came about and we've already talked about why that was so intriguing. And here I am. So from the time I was about 18 and went to college, Dean, until, well, I'll even tell the listeners I'm turning 48. <laughs> in about two weeks. And my my life and my career and my passion has been within the game. And it's it's taken on different different shapes and different titles and, and different experiences. Um, but it's all been for me as a way to give back. And I recently had the honor to listen to Don Staley give a give a talk. And she actually said, she could probably coach basketball or be in the game of basketball until she dies. And she wouldn't be able to give back to the game as much as it gave to her. And that really resonated with me. Great journey that is still marching on as you're going to do great things at U.S. Club Soccer as the vice president of education and development. Before we take a break, I do want to go back to Wellesley because I think I have it right that that was the school featured in the movie with Julia Roberts, was it not? And what, it was, was, the name of that, yep. what was the name of that movie? Oh, yeah, Dean, that movie was Mona Lisa Smile. And I remember walking away from that going, wow, I mean, that seemed really intense being a student there. But what's the best way to describe the atmosphere at Wellesley College? I loved my time at Wellesley mostly because of the, the types of students and people that are either working there or attending or whatever. So I would, I would sum it up like this. Some of the most bright and challenging women I have ever had the chance to interact with as far as the students. Obviously there's there's male women, people that identify with whatever gender or pronoun that makes um, sense for their identity that attend Wellesley. But when it came to the team, um, some of the most bright and intelligent people that I've ever had the chance to interact with, but not always in the sense of what you might think, book smarts and all that, really just in the sense of let's like, why do we think that way? Let's talk about it. Why do we want to do it that way? There's a lot of curiosity and interest in not just the game and, and why we would do certain tactics or activities or drills or whatever you want to call them at practice, but why we want to do that as far as the culture of our team, the safe space that we want to create for people, a lot of discourse and, and sometimes tough conversations that were invaluable. 
That's awesome. We're here with Dr. Missy Price. She is this week's featured guest on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. When we return, we'll ask her about some of the things she's working on now in her role as Vice President of Education and Development with U.S. Club Soccer and some things she's thinking about down the road. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast with Dr. Missy Price. ECNL Boys is partnering with Puma for the second year, driving sport forward with the leading products and the next generation of pros who wear them. Puma has proven themselves as the fastest sports brand in the world, the fastest innovation, the fastest players, and the fastest products in the game. They're the perfect partner to complement the speed and talent of our teams. In keeping with their mantra of forever faster, Puma introduces the world's fastest boot, the Ultra. The only boot engineered for speed, the Ultra combines a woven upper with a lightweight outsole for direct forward motion, speed, and acceleration. It's the best in the game, designed for the best players in the game. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the national championship winning ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys Coaches of the Year and the ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys Goals of the Year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, our final segment with Dr. Missy Price, who is the Vice President of Education and Development for U.S. Club Soccer. In her department, she works with Vince Gansberg, who's the Director of Coach Education. She also works with Marcy Swartz, who is the technical lead North and South Central Education Development Specialist, Bo Markey, the technical lead for the East, and Brian Seifert, the technical lead for the West. Dr. Missy Price, we went to break. We promised people we're going to ask you about your day-to-day -day role with U.S. Club Soccer. Can you give us an idea of some of the things you're working on daily in your short four months so far with U.S. Club Soccer? Yeah, sure, Dean. So one of the biggest roles my department has is um, as a member association of U.S. soccer is helping our leagues or clubs deliver coaching education in the form of U.S. soccer licensing. So we're talking about grassroots licensing and then starting in 24 all the way up to the B license. So what's what we do a lot and what our team does a lot of is make sure that those licenses are accessible to the membership in all of the communities in which places that we have leagues and clubs. So on a, on a day-to-day -day basis, we might be receiving an, an application to host a D course in North Carolina, where you are, Dean. We might be receiving an application to host a C course in Tampa, Florida, where I am. And then we're putting all the logistics together, everything from educators who are gonna work those courses uh, to the support necessary for the course to operate, whether that's virtually or in-person or both. So. It's kind of that that sort of operational support of that. 
Vince also does a lot of work to develop our educator pool that we have. Um, so we have educators that can teach all these courses, Dean, and not only do they have the U.S. soccer curriculum they need to be able to uh, teach to other coaches, right? But there's also, you're talking about teaching adult learners. You're talking about using technology and other tools to make sure that that's the best experience that it can be. And so that's part of uh, Vince's role is to support that. So my job is to support Vince <laughs> in anything that he needs to do that. So that's one and one of the largest aspects of our department. For people who are listening, they may know that uh, U.S. Soccer will be allowing member associations to del start delivering B licenses. Instead of all of those licenses running through U.S. Soccer, they can run through us and any other member associations. And so we're getting ready to do that starting in January is to start making uh, B license accessible to our membership and bringing them as close to them as we possibly can to mitigate uh, travel and other expenses for the coaches to allow them to be able to attend also without maybe having to miss things with their team as much as possible. Right. And so all of those things are coming. And then one of the other things is something they're calling their CPD program, continuous professional development for coaches. Uh, and any coaches with a C license or higher will be needing to get CEUs or continuing education units in order to keep their license as an active license. Uh, and so coaches who want to choose that route, they'll never lose their license if they don't take their CEUs, but their license will become inactive. And so in order to keep your license active, you'll need to be taking a certain number of CEUs across a three-year period. And that CEU program is, is set to begin also in 2024. We're still waiting to learn more from the Federation, but we're getting prepared for that now. So as soon as we can uh, start offering CEUs to our membership, we'll be ready. And again, to make sure that those are meaningful, uh, accessible, and uh, affordable for the membership. And so that's a lot of what we're doing on the day-to-day -day is all of the logistics behind that, and then all of the creation of any content that will go along with it. So that's a pretty big project, Dean. No, that's and massive. Get done that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When we get done that, there's some other things we're going to work on. <laughs> Do you want to tease those? We're working on a lot of different areas related to the welfare and well-being of, the, I would call it the people in the game. And what I mean by that is we have the players themselves. We have the parents who are supporting those players. We have the coaches, obviously, and then the clubs. How do they create environments that can support the well-being of the people that are coming there with the player being at the center of that. And so we are looking at all sorts of different programming that our team can either uh, create or, or partner potentially with people in order to, to support that. And everything from mental health and well-being from that angle, as well as their overall experience, whether that's the type of environment, the positive competitive environments that we want, or the ways in which parents can support their young people participating. And then also even Dean, like how do we keep the game moving forward and staying current with cultural societal trends that we need to make sure that we're creating the most inclusive environments for our young people today? That is a lot. And it's interesting as I sit here with you today as part of Breaking the Line, the East Now podcast, 
I do think about the fact that I've known Mike Cullen about as long as I've known you. I knew him even at Prince William Soccer, and I saw him kind of moving the chess pieces to get involved with U.S. soccer, then to find his way to U.S. club soccer, and then to find the right people. And he always talks about you know, finding people even smarter than you. And I think he probably said that about you coming in. What has it been like working with Mike, who always kind of, you know, sits back. Sometimes he'll have his arms crossed, kind of looking around the room, surveying, and then somehow he goes to work and gets things done. I really enjoy working with Mike. And, and that quality right there is one that I appreciate. I think he listens. I think that he asks really great questions of, of our staff, even as he and I sort of, work together, I sometimes just have a, a brainstorming call with him and it'll go like, this is what I think. What do you think? And we can think differently and challenge each other. And it com usually comes up with even a different idea than what either of us maybe came into the conversation with. Um, and then we get to a place where it's, we find a solution or action, right? We, we find a way forward and what I also enjoy um, is that there's there's sort of flexibility to that way forward. So if, if you start heading down a path where you think you made the right decision and this is what you want to do and you realize two or three steps into it, like, hang on, this isn't exactly going to work, that that's okay. And we can sort of rethink where we're at. Do we need to, to start completely over or do we just need to start at this step over? And I really enjoy that about Mike working with him. And I think that he brings that out in the team. I also enjoy that he allows us to, to do our work and be who we are and really um, create an environment where you feel supported to bring your expertise, whether that's in the marketing department or the partnerships department, wherever that is, which I think speaks to where he was saying, you know, hire people smarter than you, but he doesn't claim to know everything. And I appreciate that. All right. We'll end with this. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We started with the fact that you did present at the ECNL Coaching Symposium, and you admitted it was your first time kind of in that scene. And I know you've got a lot of great partners, but I've certainly been impressed with the strength of the ECNL, with their ability to kind of have a laser focus on getting these women and men kind of set for college more than maybe the pro route, which is awesome because I love college soccer, but kind of your thoughts on what the ECNL has meant for the overall game in the United States. You know, I think the ECNL has provided something that, you know, didn't exist in the ways that it, that it does now prior to the ECNL. There is a growing sort of trend in our country to determine what is the best path for a player. And I think having worked at the college game, having worked in the club space with U.S. clubs so far, and, and even my time as a ODP coach and all these other roles that I had. I was a youth coach at one point too. And my time at the USL, which has pre-professional places for players to play, encourages academy-based structures for their players um, as part of their pro environments. And so I've kind of dipped my toe in it all, Dean. And I think that um, what I appreciate about the ECNL is that they are confident in their mission and they're confident in what they want to provide to the soccer community. And I also appreciate that they are willing to develop players for whatever is next for them. And college can be defined in many different ways, right? Dean, we've got, whether you look at it from a divisional perspective or the experience at each college that people can go to, 
you know, sometimes people ask me, was my experience at Wellesley College as competitive, let's say, as my Division I experience? Because it's Division Three. So do they take it as seriously? And I was like, oh, heck yeah, they take it seriously. Like they want to win, hmm. you know, but it's what you do when you're not playing soccer. That is different at every school that you might look at. And I think the ECNL is looking towards Hey, if you want to go to college, we can support that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be division one, two, three, it could be NAIA community college, or it could be in the women's game. There's over 300 schools at the division one level and they're all different. Right. And so your experience there, but also, you know, what do you want in your experience as a person? So if soccer was gone tomorrow, for whatever reason, what do you want out of that experience? And is that what college environment is that? is that college soccer for you? Uh, is college soccer a club team at the college versus an NCAA sport or, or a, a sanctioned sport like that? And so I think the ECNL is moving in this direction of being able to support players in whatever their goals are, including professional soccer. So whether that is going to college and then going pro, going straight from the, your youth climate and environment into a pre-professional space, into an academy environment. I think they're willing to support and develop players with the player in mind. What does the player want? And I appreciate that. I appreciate Dr. Missy Price, who is always outstanding. And she is our special guest on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Dr. Missy Price, I bow down to you. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Dean. It's always great to get a chance to spend time with you. Dr. Missy Price is always great. I want to thank her and Mike Cullinall and all the great people at U.S. Club Soccer. also want to thank the great people of the ECNL, including Andrea Wheeler, Christian Labors, Jason Cutney, Ralph Richards, Doug Bracken, and the gang. For each and every one of them, as well as our producer, Colin Thrash, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.